Hello and welcome to Filmy Ladies. I am Beth. Here is Pitu. Hi. Today is going to be an unusual format because we are talking about Ponyan Sylvan 2. Except only Pitu is talking about it because I am sick and have not gotten to see the film. And I also just got back in the country. So that's another reason I haven't gotten to see the film. So I'm going to be interviewing her. And if I mute or go off screen for a moment, it's because I'm coughing my head off and nobody needs to experience that. And I will just leave you in Pitu's more than capable hands. So please excuse this unusual format. Um, but you don't really need me anyway, because you've got all the opinions you could ever need right here in my lovely co-host. My first question is, in a year that has already seen Patan living up to hype and then sometimes 100,000, 100, however many core it has now, more than, I, I can't count. Um, and then... I also just saw Kissy Kabai, Kissy Kabai, which was even worse than I thought it would be. So like, these are the extremes I have experienced in the cinema so far this year. On the like, worse than imagined, better than imagined scale, where is PS2 going to fall, do you think, um, general and for you specifically? I think it was amazing. I think it lived up to all of the hype. It lived up to all the expectations and then some. Um, I loved it. And it has become like a big giant hit already, especially in the Southern states, um, as expected. But it was awesome. I was a little afraid going in that, you know, because I loved Pony and Sylvan 1 so much. And I was afraid. I was like, mm, are they going to drop the ball with two? Uh, but they didn't. It was great. They like you know, tied up everything nicely and in a very satisfactory way. And what I love the most, and I think people who love Ashwarya will love it, because to me, the most interesting character in these movies is Nandini. Like, duh, it's Ashwarya, because she's the chief antagonist. She's the one you want to see on screen. Um, and in PS1, she was just this kind of like mysteriously malignant lady. I wish I was talking about myself, but I'm only malignant, That's not mysterious. Like, yeah. malignant <laughs> has has a sort of same vibe as grumpy camel in a way yeah <laughs> no so she's mysteriously malignant i am grumpy camel and you are currently Roy, coughing on her deathbed <laughs> and i have to turn into amitabh bachan and go rob a store so i can buy you medicines <laughs> hey quill please <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she was this like mysteriously malignant but beautiful femme fatale like lady in um, ps1 and it was kind of like okay i love this antagonist ashwarya but like what's the big deal why does she have so much beef with aditya karikal and why does she hate the chola so much you know and then ps2 really like gets into that so there's a lot of like one of the biggest twists in the movie and one of the biggest like revelations in the film really tells you more about her and the film literally begins with sort of like teenage love like it, it's the banks of the river and it's pretty and there's young Nandini and there's young Aditya Karakalan um, who is also very hot by the way and um, it's just like young romance blooming and all of these things but then of course we all know where that went um, so it's very satisfying and for people who loved the chemistry between Aditya Karakalan and Nandini in PS1 and wanted to see more there is definitely more there is a big 
big showdown scene in PS2. And I was just like goosebumps. I was in the theater and I was like, hmm. Because there's a scene where um, uh, someone says to Aditya Karakalan, like, you know, Nandini wants to meet you. So you need to go to, to meet her. And Kondava is like, surely not. Like, why would you go meet her? Like, the woman is a snake. And then he's like, uh, yeah, I'm going. And I was like, you got to go. <laughs> I paid. I bought my movie ticket so you could have a showdown with Nandini. Do not disappoint. Don't listen to Kandavai. And he did not. And there's a lot of like, I, uh, chemistry and all of those things. It's very delicious. And uh, Aditya Karakal and Vikram and Ishwara look so good on screen together. Beth, I cannot. I just kept like, that is what Twitter was leading me to believe. Like I've been trying to stay away because I do, I do want to see it as soon as I am well enough. Um, but just the the tweets have made it quite clear that that's the point of this movie. It's so good. It's like dark. There's just these lamps and they're both dressed so beautifully. And Aditya Karkalan has like hatred, but also love and also vengeance and all the feelings in his eyes. And I was just like, (laughs) like I could not breathe. (laughs) So when you were texting me from the movie theater, I think that you said you were the only person there Yes, because I wanted to see it first day for a show, which means that I saw it on a Thursday at 2 p.m. in the movie theater and actual productive people had to go to work. But I had taken the day off uh, to see Pony and Salwan 1 on a weekday. And I also took the day off to see Pony and Salwan 2 because I am very committed to the movies. <laughs> so you did have a private screening. I basically did. I it was so you. funny. So I went to the theater. And I wanted to get tea because I always drink tea at two o'clock. And so I wanted tea and I ordered tea. But the person who was helping me was the most decrepit person. And also they were not used to people ordering tea. They were only used to like soda because like normal people get Coke. And so she was like, tea? And I was like, it says you have hot tea. And she was like, cold tea or hot tea? I was like, hot tea. And then they were like, which kind of tea? I was like, what do you have? (laughs) So it was like this five minute conversation. And then she gave me my hot tea, but then she couldn't find the lid for it. And then it was like, it was a whole thing. So anyway, by the time I got to the movie theater, like I actually like had to like speed race down there, like dripping tea. Um, By the time I got there, I was so worried that there would be a lot of people in the movie theater and people get mad at me because I'm looking for my seat. And I had the best seat, like last row, middle. No one, there was no one. So I was like, oh shit, am I in the wrong theater? But I wasn't and it had just begun. And so I was like, okay. So I had such a great time. I was taking photos of the camera. I was like all spread. I was like, maybe I'll get up and sit on that seat and then dance in the aisles because no one's there. I love that. So for those who don't know, Pitu lives in a very populous area of the United States uh, that has many South Asian people in it. So this is fairly unusual, I would suspect. I live in a much less populated area of the United States. There's a fair amount of South Asians proportionally, but like, you know, and I often have the theater to myself for Indian films, but uh, right. it's, a, it's a it's a once you get over the like, someone gonna come in here and kill me experience or feeling of it, it's, it's great because you can just react however you want. And oh, it's so good. Round <laughs> and make your own private interval and whatever, throw your popcorn, whatever you want. Yeah. I could have thrown my tea at the screen every time I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there one of the things that has stood out to me in my memory of the first of these films is Vikram's emotional dance? Oh. <sighs> 
we get another we don't get an emotional Vikram dance in this which is sad because we all need it and I have been playing the Tora Tora video on YouTube on loop since I came back from the theater Um, so there's no emotional dance but it's more than made up for uh, by his acting he really just steals the show and Nandini like Ashwara Rai stole the show honestly I didn't even notice the other people this time like I was not as interested in Jayam Ravi. I wasn't as interested in Thresh. I mean, they were all good. I just didn't care. Whereas I think with Pony and Salman 1, that really was Karthi's show. Like, you know, he was the wandering man and he had such an amazing role and he didn't have as much going on here. This was just like, okay, let's get back to these lovebirds who now despise each other and let's get to the bottom of it. Um, what really set the tone for it is like there's a scene where someone asks, uh, I forget who, someone asks Aditya Karakalan about Nandini. I think maybe it's Kundavai. And she says something about Nandini. And he just looks at her and he snarls and he goes, who? The snake of Paravur? And I was like, he can't even say her name. And now I think like Pony and something too should have been called the snake of Paravur. Wouldn't that, they, that be such a good name? Like Pony and Sazan and snake of Paravur. Or even just so colon the snake. (laughs) Just the snake emoji. (laughs) S into a snake. Um, Do you feel, two two questions I've been thinking of so far based on what you've said. One, I would like to know how you you would put this in Ashwarya's filmography because I know you are quite a fan and I think you are better acquainted with her whole work than I am. So how do you kind of put this in there? And um, has she ever played a role as snaky as this? No, I mean, she has played slightly gray characters. Uh, my favorite gray Ashwarya character would probably be Choker Bali, which I think you have seen also. I have, but I don't remember it very well, so. I mean, she's basically trying to steal her best friend's husband. <laughs> so she is kind of gray in uh, in Chokerwali. But um, this is definitely one of my favorite Aishwarya performances at this point, mostly because no one has ever really cast her as like a bad person or a vindictive person or anything like that. And here she's she's like straight up bad. Like she just wants to bring the cholas down and she'll do anything she has to do to take them down. But what prevents her from being a caricature is that in this movie, especially, you do know why why she hates them so much. I mean, some of that was alluded to in Pony and Salman 1, where basically they love each other, but because she's an orphan of unknown parentage, Kundavai and the queen don't think that that she's good enough for Aditya Karakalan. And in the middle of the night, her family is actually like told to leave. And in Pony and Sullivan 2, there's actually like a flashback scene where, you know, um, they've shown that the young Aditya Karikalan holds her by the hand and drags her to the palace. And he basically makes his mom, uh, the queen, like bless them. And she just is kind of like, okay, you know, and uh, cut to in the middle of the night, there's like royal bodyguards or security people whatever and they are like getting all of Nandini's family out of the little hut that they live in and they're being sent away in like a bullet guard and she doesn't know who did this she's like is this Aditya Karkalan's fault is it the royal family's fault or whatever so some of it is and there's um there's a reference to it where someone says to her it's her best friend slash maid 
person and that lady is bitching to Nandini and because she feels very protective of Nandini she basically says to her I know how you were treated after you were thrown out of the town and I know how you were preyed upon for your beauty and so it's just one throwaway line but you can believe it you can believe that this is a poor girl who's an orphan she's extraordinarily beautiful she doesn't have the security or parentage or protection of anyone and it's very easy to believe that perhaps she was sexually abused or you know oppressed or mistreated by a lot of men and that is why she basically has to go into the arms of um Virpandiya and then of course Aditya Kalan ends up killing him but um so one interesting thing in this that they've shown is so she wanted to achieve some kind of power right so that is why she married the treasurer of the chola as a really old man yeah that everyone you know says is like a loser and everything because you know he just married this like super young woman but the way they portrayed it is like you know so she married him clearly for money and for status and everything but he was the only person who ever treated her with love and kindness she says that in the movie and then he dies and there's an expectation that she as his wife should be sati for him and the person who saves her from the sati funeral pyre is actually veer pandian so wow. that is why in ponian salvan one you have her tending to the wounds of ponian salvan um tending to the wounds of veer pandian and then aditya karakalan comes and thinks that they're having an affair and then he beheads uh this dude but so now you get so much more into her into her background so it's interesting because it's like she's shown as this villainous person and if you look at aditya karakalan and if you look at kondabai they despise her they hate her they only call her names but it's like yours family treated her like shit and society treated her like shit because she had no one to take care of her really this is just a woman who had no voice no agency and she married up and because she married a man who took care of her you're calling her a gold digger and then when she was saved from the funeral pyre by this other man now you assume that she's having an affair with him it's just like i'm completely team nandini i am team snake of padavur it's like what are you going to do about it you know so she it's an it's a magnificent character it's just fabulous and i saw this uh, video so they've been doing a lot of pony and salman events in chennai and they just did this event where they had like a live orchestra and the live orchestra was playing all the songs ar rahman was there he was conducting and all the greats of tamil cinema all the big heroines you know shobhana kushbu revthi all of these people were on stage and this mc person was asking them kundavai or nandini whom would you pick and they were like kundavai or nandini or whatever and i was just like it's just such a dream role and it's like as an ashwara fan i'm so happy that this is a 50 year old woman and she has this amazing author back role and this movie is just like made for her and you know i couldn't i couldn't wish a better it just it, it's such a great year for fans because shahrukh khan fans feel vindicated because of patan's success and ishwara rai fans it's like here's a slap in the face of ageist sexist cinema here's a 50 year old woman ruling the box office being the queen she is so i'm just i'm very happy and thrilled what do you think are are the so i Let me back up. I I have been thinking about how much I love that they filmed these two parts, you know, together and then just delayed the release of it as opposed to the much more I suspect cumbersome and complicated process of film one, see if it's a hit, 
back together and whatever. Um, Were there some particular strengths that you noticed of that technique as you were watching? I mean, it definitely seemed a lot more cohesive. Yeah, It definitely felt very seamless. And I'm actually really shocked and surprised at how Mani Ratnam pulled it off because this, this is a mammoth cast. It's like, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Lord of the Rings in terms of just how many people there are. And uh, I know you have a penchant for making family trees. And I actually went down like a wiki rabbit hole where I was looking up Chola family trees because there's just so many people. <laughs> there's one, um, IMDB has made one. They tweeted it. Um, and they put yeah. pictures of the people from the film, which I actually have open right here. And I, wow, I wish I had had that the first time around. Yeah, I know, but... I had to, because after PS2, I was like, my brain was just like spinning. And I was like, okay, hang on a second. This was who, what? And part of it is also that I'm not Tamilian. And so some of the names especially are extremely long and multisyllabic. And it's sometimes hard for me to remember who is who, you know? Um, But it was just, I, I think it was much more cohesive because they just shot the film at once and then just chopped it up and did this. Because, and I think Mani Ratnam had said somewhere that the reason he shot it all at once because he just wasn't sure how he would get people's dates. Oh yeah. No, yeah. it really makes sense. And the and things like, I do not know this, but it seems to my eyes that getting people into things like costume continuity in a film like this has got to be harder than I'm just wearing horrendous normal normal everyday clothes of the year that we're shooting the film. Right. Like, I mean, just the jewelry alone. I remember I kept taking shots of Trisha's jewelry and sending them to you from the movie theater because I, every time they would have a close up, I'd be like, Ooh, her earrings, Ooh, her hair ornament. Ooh, what is that thing in her hair? Like just the jewelry alone. And as we know, all of the jewelry in Pani and Salman is real gold. And uh, I think uh, Sobita Dulipala had said in an interview that they each had a bodyguard assigned to them with like rifles and everything. And they had a person who would write on a piece of paper as they would take each hairpin out or every piece of jewelry, they would write down and label it and put it away. So she said getting into costume and getting out of costume took forever because this is real gold jewelry that is insured. Keeping track of that over a couple of years, like just, just, I would be, I would have ulcers from the stress. That is not a job for me, Beth. (laughs) Um, Does Boat Girl reappear? Boat Girl does reappear. And uh, (laughs) Boat Girl had a dialogue you would love. I actually thought of you when she said this. So, you know, Flower Seller Man, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Flower Seller Man and Boat Girl are outside the, the castle and Flower Seller, and she's like, what's going on? And then he's like, oh, it's the prince, Arun Mori, whatever. And then she's like, uh, he's like, why don't you marry me or something? And she's like, mm, what do you have to offer? And he's like, well, I have like, you know, flowers. And she's like, no. Yeah, he's like, she's like, no, but I want like a palace and I want throne and I want power and I want jewels. Can you provide me with that? And he's like, well, it's, I think he says something to the effect of like, people who have a lot of riches also have a lot of stress. And those who have a simple life have an easier life. And she's like, nice try, but I still want all of that. (laughs) So I loved that. I loved where it was like, just this one who's like, nah, I want the power. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's a similar line to that during um, 
Aditi Karikalan and Nandini showdown as well, where at one point he basically is like, you have to like admit to me that you did love me at one, because he always has thought of her as someone who betrayed him. So it's like, you have to accept that at least at one point you love me, whether you love me now or not. And she's like, no. And then he's like, you did. And then she goes, I only cared about the throne. I only cared about power. And I was like, ah, snake of Parabur. <laughs> Which is a lie, of course. She did love him, but she's not going to say that because she has an ego to protect. Mm. I can't wait to see this. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love the showdown so much. You're going to be WhatsApping me like I was WhatsApping you. (laughs) They've already, like when it opened here, they put, you know, four shows in a day or something, which is a lot for an Indian film around here. And then- Mm -hmm. Now it's down to two a day. So I'm I'm hopeful that it'll still be there on Saturday. But yeah. The shows is at 10.30 p.m. Oh, yeah, that's too late for me. Start a movie. So my friend- I mean, they have- they have like four shows here at my local theater, which is very tiny. The theater that I go to um, basically just has like four- um, halls or whatever you would call it. So it's very tiny, my theater. Um, but they have four shows a day. And the only sensible show for me was like the two o'clock show. Cause like, I'm not going to go watch a movie at like nine 30. It's not going to happen. So. So if I recall, we were both eh, about the music in the first one. And then, you know, Vikram. And then I changed my tune. Oh, did grow on, I think both of us over time. Um, how was the music in this one? It was good. I liked two songs in it. Uh, Veera Raja Chola. That was very good. It's very in the vein of um, Azimo Shan Shahensha from Joe Dagbar. Like, I it's not, it and I knew that's what you were going to say. Yeah, like it, it's not the same tune by any means. It, it doesn't sound the same. And the instrumentation is completely different because it's all like Carnatic music. But it's in that vein of like, we're just like 100 people orchestra that is going to sing the praises of our king. You know, it, it has that vibe to it. Um, so it? like, I'll hail the king. Genre. Yes. Yeah, so it has that like rousing, like pumping kind of, it's, it's a, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. So Veera Raja Chola was really good. And then there is this sort of like romantic, soulful number between uh, Kundavai and um, The Wandering Man. And it's called Aganaga. Uh, that one was really cute as well. And then there's a song that they didn't show in the movie, which is so irritating to me, but because but I saw it in the clips. And it's Manati. So it's Sovita Zalipada and she's dancing. And that's... That song is really good too, but I couldn't tell you what that song is called, but it's really nice. And the movie ends so amazingly because the movie ends with like, okay, um, Arun Mori ascending to the throne, right? Like, so he is Pony and Salman and he ascends to the throne. And in the last scene, they have this uh, thing on the screen that says that the Cholas uh, ruled for so many more years after. And they, ex- they Arun Mori, who became known as Raja Raja Chola. So the king of kings, the greatest king among the Cholas, um, built a huge naval fleet. And they expanded the Chola kingdom all the way to like Singapore and Indonesia and all of these places. And there's a map where they show like where South, where Tamil Nadu is and then all the places where they send their ships and they establish colonies and build temples and all of that stuff. And uh, the last shot is basically on a ship 
and it's sailing and it has that tiger face because the puri, the tiger is their symbol and it has this like ah, ah, tiger face. And then it pulls back and it's the sunset. And you see Arun Mori as the king standing at the helm of the ship. And next to him is Wandering Man. And Wandering Man just looks very pleased with himself. And they're just sailing off into the sunset. And it's just this wonderful, like rousing song. It was Adventure. so enjoyable. Aww. So adventurous, very like high seas. It was just so much fun. And it just ended on this very positive note. And I did not know this because apparently I'm stupid and I don't know enough about history. But they said that the Cholas were the longest reigning um, kingdom or uh, dynasty dynasty in the world, which I was like, what? Huh. I, I, oh, Oh, there was another time that I thought of you because you and I both love the movie Ahsoka. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And there is a scene in this movie. So again, I'm not sure when Ahsoka's timeline was and when the Cholas were at, at before, I don't know. And especially if the Cholas were such a long time, this particular time of Raja Raja Chola, where is that? along Ahsoka, I don't know. But there's a scene in the film, it's just a very throwaway one line thing, but it perked my ears up where he, uh, Arun Mori is uh, recovering from his um, injuries and he's in this like Buddhist monastery. And then someone says something to the effect of like, you know, a king needs a queen and, uh, you know, perhaps it would, you know, you should maybe get like a proposal or get married or something like that. And I later discovered when I went down the rabbit hole in Wiki that a proposal had actually come from Raja Roja Chola for marrying Ahsoka's daughter. Oh, wow. I know. And he said no, because he wanted to marry Vanity, which he did, and they had a son and all of that jazz. But I was like, eee, Ahsoka, we know him from Shahrukh Khan's Ahsoka. <laughs> I mean, we also know him from other things. We're not that stupid, but still, I was very excited. Her universe continues. Yes. I was like, can we have like, and then my brain started going off in this direction where I was like, can we have a movie where we have Shah Rukh Khan and Vikram together? Because they're both so hot. Yeah. I, I feel like, so I know, I know only minimally of Vikram's filmography. Same. Yeah. Their energies somehow seem very different to me, but I can't tell you why. That's just a gut reaction. So, But they both have that swagger. Yes, it's just a different kind. It's a different swagger, but they both have a swagger and they both like bring it. Like what I loved about him is he's in this movie, um, Vikram. He's so like always in your face and super bold and very like punchy and all of those things, which also seems to be his off-screen personality because I follow him on Instagram. Like he's very like sassy and in your face and very bold, um, which is all the things that I associate with Shah Rukh as well. So I was just kind of like, oh my God, what if the two of them were in a movie together? Of the movies of his I've seen, even those, I have seen him do a lot of physical transformation and like he's not afraid to look ugly or, or non-heroic or whatever. Yeah. Eric right? also obviously has that. And so I can see them, um, that would complement, I could say that maybe would complement each other very well if they were in a, I don't know, like, can't you see them? I, not that Vikram should be, should not that their project should have to be in Hindi, but because yeah. the Lodge film spy universe exists, I will never get tired of saying that phrase. Um, 
he could be added into that really well. Yes. If he wanted to, I don't know if he wants to do Hindi films. I, I don't know, but, um, has he ever done a Hindi film? I don't even know. I mean, my first Vikram film was actually, uh, Ravan. Right. And I watched that for Ashwarya. I did not know who he was. I only oh, yeah, saw it for Ashwarya. You at least get, get that. Um, I did go back and watch Ravana um, after, because I had never seen the Tamil one. Um, mm. I am going to share an opinion that I suspect is not popular. I do not feel that film has probably aged very well. Oh. And I say that mostly from a perspective of like what it sounded like and kind of what it looked like there seemed to be, and I don't, I don't have the filmmaking vocabulary to say what that is, but it just, it just felt kind of shoddy when I, maybe I had just like a really horrible upload or something, but um, yeah, I was very distracted by what honestly, what it sounded like. And I, I do not have an amazing home theater setup or anything. So it's not like my system was amplifying things that were never meant to be amplified. Like I've got a pretty basic situation here, but, um, so a lot of the, you know, like nonverbal she does and all that kind of mm. thing, it didn't, it didn't sound good. So I, I actually did not get their smoldering chemistry in that film the way ever. And, and I trust people that it's there. I just, you know, it was not, I was not able to access that in my viewing of the film, but I did not go back and watch the Hindi one. Cause I was just like, you know, like I, I did <laughs> time and that's, that's fine. Yeah. I've only seen it the one time that I saw it in the theater with Christy, with our, our common friend. I never watched it after that. It's not like one of my favorite films or anything like that. I just watched it as an Ishwara fan and I was like, Oh, okay. And I like the visuals. And that was that. The Tamil one. I saw the Hindi one. We saw the Hindi one. But you have not seen the Tamil one. No, I have not seen the Tamil oh, one. Oh, okay. You should watch but, it and then let me know what you think. And it's funny because Vikram is in both films, but right. Vikram is the is the cop right. in the Hindi one. So I know him as cop Vikram, right. whereas in the Tamil one, he's the the kidnapper. Yeah. Yeah. So I have not seen that one. And I, I think that you should, I, I am one of the people who actually really likes Abhishek Bachchan as an actor most of the time, but I will say they, those two bring pretty different energies to the kind of snarling mm. stress Robin that is in those two films. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not going to argue with anyone that Vikram is the, is the more effective performance. It just right. it was not working for me. Nothing about that film was really working for me on this watch, but interesting. Yeah, I just missed the window. But if you watch it, we can watch we'll have a yeah. little conversation in the comments about that. Or if any listeners have watched it after a you know gap of 10, 12 years or whatever, let us know what you think. Cause sometimes sometimes things just don't age well and it's not it's yeah happens, right? It was a it was a moment and it's gone. Yeah. It can be I suspect Bonnie and Sullivan will age well. One and two. I mean, it's such a classic format as we were discussing, you know, when we t- talked about the first one, like it's royal intrigue with a huge helping of, you know, gorgeous sets and costumes, mm-hmm. and, you know, rich music and good acting and all that. So you can, I mean, and even in the, the run of this podcast, which is not even a year at this point, we've discussed various you know, films that also do this, right? Like we've talked about Ashoka a little bit. We've talked about- Amrapali. Amrapali, yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, it's a, it's a template you can use in a lot of different ways. And, and many filmmaking cultures do, of course. And that's one of the reasons we love like British period dramas, those of us who mm-hmm. love them. 
think and why some of us might be watching the coronation in a few days or not you know i don't know right that 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 the the sort of trappings that this almost automatically can come with it doesn't have to but it can are very yeah. to some of us so especially as historically minded people like you and i are and um it's just a, it's just a good it's a good template but it's interesting that you use the word trappings because that also makes me think of the word trap because I do think that sometimes when things are too pretty, it can be a trap and it can be distracting. Because one of the most disappointing historical films to me is actually Jodha Akbar. Um, I do not like that movie because I think that there is such an emphasis on beauty in that film. Just It's just such a gorgeous film. Um, it's gorgeous music. Eshwarya and Hrithik Roshan are arguably the most like conventionally good looking people in in Hindi cinema and they look so good together and everything. But that movie has no heart to me. Um, I love Ishwara and I love Hrithik Roshan. And yet I look at that movie and I'm like, who cares? You know, like it's it's a very vanilla film to me. I don't buy their romance. I don't believe that they're in love. And I do think that the the beauty of that film detracts from it, which is one of my pet peeves in cinema. Um, and this is where I think Pony and Sullivan does not fall into that same trap, where with Pony and Sullivan, yes, it's gorgeous, but there's it's so meaty and no one is a no one is a caricature. I love that there's strong women in it. There's uh, there's Nandini, of course, there's Kundavai, there's Vanati, there's Pungazali, uh, there is even Mandakini, who is the old lady that we saw at the end of PS, um, one who has a Shwara's face. Um, there's all these like very interesting women in it, and they all are distinctly different. Like, you know, Vanati is different from Kundavai, and you know, Kundavai has problems with Nandini, and you know that this one is different from, like, you know, um, I just think it's like such a great blend of like, gorgeousness but also strong substance and really good writing and, and very good acting and it's a better director like right My yes obviously a better director than Gawarker, who has had his strength yeah. but yes doing these things that are um i mean like i've seen mohendo daro twice <gasps> twice why twice the first time I went in the theater, because I thought, all right, I, you know, this is so up my alley. I absolutely so up my alley. I was good. I thought I was going to love it. And of course, I hated it. Yeah. But then I watched it again because I wanted to write about it. And I so I kind of had it on while I was doing some writing. And I, I still think that it could. There were ideas there that could have worked. They just didn't. Um and I think he got, you know, he got so distracted by showing you all the homework he'd done that it, that it, yeah, it was tepid. It was very tepid. Um, and I am a person for whom sometimes all the trappings are enough. Hmm. I suspect that if I were to watch Dota Akbar again, I would still enjoy it probably more than, than you. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not always, it's not always the case. The trappings are enough, but sometimes they are. And I think, um, Ultimately, I probably enjoyed Kala more than you did because yes. I was being kind of angry that it was <sighs> that the story was not working for you in the end. No. Whereas I was, I think, enough sort of enchanted by what I could see yeah. in the world that I was willing to let that go. Um, so yeah, we did, but, but those are both things that we are attracted to, even if they end up going. <laughs> but Mojadar was such a disappointment because when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, this is going to be oh, awesome. Right? Like no one has put a movie in this time period, I don't think. No, 
which is such a tragedy. Think about it. The Indus Valley civilization. It's one of the four most ancient civilizations of the world. There's there's people have talked about the Egypt, the, the civilization around the River Nile. People have talked about the Yangtze River. People have talked about Mesopotamia. No one has made a movie on the Indus Valley civilization. And we have those beautiful ruins right across the border in Pakistan. And it's like, let's make a movie. That would be so cool. So I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then I saw it and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and like he had done, you know, there were so many references to specific historical artifacts in there, like the priest with that. Yes. I know the dancing girl and the dancing. You're like, this is like from a textbook. And, oh, okay. you know, Rithik is like, oh, the indigo industry. And he's like, <laughs> we got it. And then it, <laughs> I actually really the end of Mandodaro I find fairly effective. Like the big flood and everything is, is very dramatic and exciting. I don't even remember the ending anymore. Huge flood and they have to, you know, they have to cross the river and. Oh, I know. must have blocked it out. The That's only thing I liked about Mahindadaro was Kabir Bedi looking gorgeous. Yeah, he's great. He's definitely one of the best parts of the movie. Um, <laughs> and I like all the weird stuff they put on poor Puja Hegde, which is, you know, <laughs> I actually really enjoyed looking at it, but I was also like, were people walking around with giant slices of agate just hanging from it? Like, maybe they were, I don't know. <laughs> I did enjoy the horn things, the That's horn amazing. stuff. That That's was awesome. Great. That I would wear. I was like, this is great. You know, we don't know what those tablets say. The script is undeciphered. So that really is a fun, <laughs> it's ancient and you can be wacky with it because who knows? No. I love I love when we were talking about Aravali and you were like, I mean, did they have pink chiffon back then? <laughs> and I was like, no, I doubt they had pink chiffon, but it looked pretty. It's fine. We'll let it go. The effect is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, you know, historical, there's historical wackadoodle, which is like the made up stuff like Dharamvir. And then there's real history that is, played with augmented whatever for cinematic purpose, which I don't necessarily have a problem with whatsoever, but mm -hmm. was just so like earnestly trying to teach you stuff. I felt like, that yeah. it, but it didn't, it had no, it had no heart. No it was like those, it was like those dioramas that you see sometimes at like natural history museums. <laughs> Where they have this like diorama and then they have this model of like Cro-Magnon man or like Neanderthal man. And they're like, this is how they lived. And there's this like person that's standing like that. And they're like this. And you're like, that, okay. <laughs> and like they, you know, they pay attention to what's in the foreground and not the background, which, you know, Mahendra Dara, there's like the computer animation is at times you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> copy paste. Um, anyway, we, didn't, we don't need to talk about that film anymore, I'm sure. Although it does have a great crocodile. Yes. We love our crocodiles, don't we? <laughs> crocodiles. But yeah, so I, I this Pony and Sylvan does make me, very excited to think about if Money Retinam wants to do another big historical epic type of thing. I'm 100% going to be there because clearly yeah. he, he can do it. Although I wonder if he's exhausted. It must be tiring. It must be. 
I mean, the amount, and he apparently wanted to make Pony Salon back in 1991 or something like that. Yeah, but then he he couldn't. It was just too mammoth an undertaking. And I imagine it is such an expensive movie to make and just getting financing must be so hard. So he actually shelved the idea back then. And we do know that an attempt to make Pony and Sullivan happened back in, I want to say the 50s or something, where they wanted to cast... Um, Vijanti Mala is Kundavai. I don't know who is going to play Nandini or whatever. Um, so, you know, these attempts have been made and it's it's been hard to make it happen. But I just, I think it's amazing that they made it happen and it was so good. Are there any other Indian historical periods that you have not seen a movie from, a movie addressing that you would like to? I mean, definitely like the the Indusali civilization, nothing, absolutely nothing comes to mind. I think we've seen movies um, about like all the other eras. There's startlingly few films made on Ashoka, who arguably was one of the greatest emperors of all time. I mean, I only know the Ashoka of Shah Rukh. I only know that one also. Yeah, um, so that's a little like startling to me because he was such a gigantic name. Um, so maybe that would be more interesting to see. I'm a little tired of movies on the Mughals. Like it's just, it's so, I'm like, ugh, please. It's just exhaustion at this point. So I don't want to watch more movies about the Mughals. Um, I'm I'm glad to have seen this movie at the Cholas because I am woefully not knowledgeable about, I mean, you've yeah, got a lot of Indian history. So, years of dynasty or whatever to cover. So that is, uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I do really, really wish that at some point someone, perhaps Mani Ratnam, he's the only one I can think of, would have the balls and also the money to pull off Mahabharat. That would be amazing because no one has been able to pull it off. Um, it has obviously been a gigantic TV show that the B.R. Chopra uh, um, and all of those people made. And that was like really awesome. And I watched all of it when I was a kid. It was a lot of fun. I had the entire like beginning credits memorized. It was so much fun. That was such a good show. Um, very, very pleasing. Um, but since then, no one really has tried to make it. I know Amir Khan was considering making it a few years ago. But again, it's the thing. Where are you going to find the money? It's hard. It's hard to pull these things off. Um, and I just don't know who could do it. I think someone had even asked Ashutosh Ruarkar when he was making Jodhagbar. I think someone had asked him about it and he was like, no, it's just, it's too daunting is the thing. Mahabharat also has like an insane level of characters in it. And it's so great and it's so meaty and it's so juicy. You really need the balls to pull it off. And at this point, I can only think Mani Ratnam could do it. And I would watch, I would watch Mahabharat in Tamar if he made it. Sure, I'll watch it. You know, but I think that is that's something that I would love to see if they made like a three part, you know, like Lord of the Rings, like Mahabharat, like a three parter. That would be so great because just the stories in the Mahabharata are so cool and it's so thick and it's so extensive. Like there's literally like throwaway characters in the Mahabharata that if you go down the rabbit hole on on a Wikipedia or something like that, if you go down the rabbit hole, even the throwaway characters have these phenomenal stories where it's crazy. And like my mom is super religious. So she's always reading like scripture and stuff. And she'll mention something to me just like offhand. Like she'll be like, oh, you know, Ashwatthama, whatever. And I'd be like, 
that name is familiar. I think I saw him in an episode of Mahabharat. And then my mom will be like, don't you know Shotama? And then because I don't want to seem stupid in front of her, I'll go on Wikipedia secretly and look it up. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like Ashwatthama literally is so interesting. Like his punishment for lying and causing the death of, um, I don't, I think it was Abhimanyu, someone, is that his head was cut off and his punishment was that he had to hold his own head and he had to roam um, the earth for all of eternity because he committed an unforgivable offense. And so the the legend goes that Ashwatthama is still alive. He's immortal, but he's basically the undead. And he just wanders all of earth carrying his own head. And I was like, what? You could make a movie just on Ashwatthama and it would be so cool. And he's not even a very main character in the Mahabharata. He's just this throwaway person where they're like, oh yeah, Ashwatthama said this. And I was like, wait, who is that again? So cool. All of those stories are so cool. So I would like that to be done. And maybe a movie on Ahsoka. Yeah, I would love another one on Sikandar. Um, I don't know any, except for the Prithviraj Kapoor. That's the only one I know of. Um, Maybe there are maybe in, in not, not in Hindi. Um, but that, that is just such a great multicultural story. Right. And like, yeah, a really interesting international project. Like you could do, and especially there's so much you could do with, you know, um, who's, who's telling this story and, you know, did he, but his part in India would be very small though, because Sikandar is like, this in Greece and Macedonia and then India he's like this because right. he just didn't survive um and but I cool, right like you could to do a major international thing like you could get Egyptian cast and Greek cast and Indian cast and like uh Western Asian you know cast more like a yeah film, all that in it I mean I don't know where you would film it you could film it all over because like the documentaries yeah. that that follow his path are stunning this landscape is right. stunning, and you cannot it's believe- all of Asia Minor Right. Like you cannot believe someone actually did this before modern times and they did it so fast. Like it's super interesting. But yeah, just talking about the, you know, the conflux of cultures and influences all would be super interesting. But so one of my aunts, um, she lives in India and she was a like the principal of some engineering college. And she had um, a subscription to the National Geographic for literally decades. I'm not exaggerating when I say decades and she lives in this gigantic bungalow in Nagpur and in one of her rooms which was like her reading room because she and her husband were both academics they had an entire bookcase full of National Geographics and I would get bored anytime I would visit them because they're kids my cousins were all way older than me and so I would get bored because no one would hang out with me because I was young and so my auntie would be like you can just go to the reading room and I'd be like great thanks and so I would just go to the reading room and pull out like random National Geographics and read them and I remember I was about 10 or 11, and I read this one, National Geographic, where the subject was on the front page. It said, um, the children of of Alexander the Great. And it was about, so when Alexander um, left India, and then he, I think he died in what is modern day Iran or Iraq, but he left, and um, he was defeated by the Indian kings. And so his army, him and his army were told to get the hell out of India and they left, but some of his army was very injured and wounded and they wouldn't have survived if they'd gone all the way to Macedonia. So the kings at the time, the Indian kings who had together banded together and defeated Alexander, they gave them an option. 
they were like, we can behead you or you can become a part of Indian society and you can no longer consider yourself Greek or Macedonian or whatever the hell you will become Indian. You will marry Indian women because, you know, now they have to be beholden to the country. That is your option or we can just behead you. It's your choice. And a vast majority of them said, okay, we will give up all of our Greek heritage. We will marry, we will settle down and we will, we will be part of your army. Just don't kill us. And they said, okay. And apparently even today there are parts of primarily Pakistan, Afghanistan and up in the mountains who actually do have Greek heritage because they are the offspring of those long ago Greek warriors. And one of the ways, this is sad, but one of the ways that they proved it is that many of them have the hemophilia gene, Uh, which is very common in Greece, unfortunately, and is not super common in South Asia. So that's one of the ways that they know. So if you have that hemophiliac gene, you probably do have Greek heritage. But I was like, that is like insane and crazy. Like, isn't that amazing? Even that would be such a cool documentary. There probably is one. I just haven't seen it, but that would be very cool. But yeah, that would be a cool, cool movie to watch. Any closing thoughts on PS2? Um, No, but I love all the women in it. Um, I really enjoyed Trisha Krishnan as well. I loved Sobita Dulipala. I loved Eshwara Lakshmi. I loved all of the women. Um, I really liked all the actors. I was a little disappointed. I didn't have too much to see of Karthi because he was so fabulous in PS1. Um, but Jayam Ravi was good. Vikram was just like outstanding. Um, it was just really, really fun. And there's a song sequence in the movie that is so good to watch in the theater. Like it's so amazing. Just the people weaving and it's shot so well it's just like an amazing film and i would say like if people want to see ps2 they really should see it in the theater because it's um it's just mounted so beautifully that it's more fun to see it in the theater and rahman's music like even his background music is just so sumptuous and everything just looks so nice in the theater especially if you have a private showing like i did and um one thing that i really loved um which may seem very minor to some people, but I care very much about is at the end when they were rolling the credits, because I'm that person that stays till the end. When they were rolling the credits, I was amazed at some of the credits. They literally had credits for drivers. Mm -hmm. They had credits for cleaning ladies. They They had a credit that said cleaning ladies. They had a credit that said laundry. And I was just like, Am I reading this correctly? Because usually what happens with most films is in the credits, they'll just say like um, janitorial services or they'll say something like housekeeping, like some broad umbrella term. They literally had like drivers. They had like cleaning ladies. They, they, everybody got credit, which is why the credits were so long, but it was fabulous. I loved that. I just, I wanted, I think I may have taken a picture of that too, but I love how non-elitist it was. I love that, you know, while the cleaning ladies were not necessarily named individually, um, I think it's a good reminder that movies aren't just Mani Ratnam and Laika Productions and Madras Talkies or whatever and Eshwara Rai. It's also the cleaning ladies and the dry cleaners and the people who cook your food. Imagine cleaning on this set. Like Ugh, I don't wanna. <laughs> you worked as hard. I mean, as hard as anyone. Dry cleaning. Imagine having to dry clean all of those expensive brocade saris and being terrified that you're gonna like destroy them or something. <laughs> Or you're like the tea runner and you might spill. 
Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciated that a lot. I just thought it was such a sweet touch. And um, I, I just thought it was very lovely that they credited all of those people. So it just kind of made me go, because mm. I think we forget sometimes that cinema and movies is, you know, it's such a joint effort and it's easy to forget those who are not top of the totem pole. But it made me, it made me love and respect Mani Ratnam and the producers even more. And I, it made me wish for even greater success. And I have to say another closing thought is that I love how the South loves and adores Ishwara Rai and how yeah. they roll out the red carpet for her. And someone said it on Reddit, they put it exactly the way is, is that, you know, in Bollywood, I feel like Ishwara Rai gets pushed behind because people are such suckers for Salman Khan and everything. And they just, you know, it's just so much like they just don't give her the respect she deserves. And someone said that the way that the South treats Ashwara is kind of like how you treat a daughter when she comes home. And I just thought that was darling. Um, and um, closing thoughts, you need to show people your t-shirt. Um, speaking of Salman Khan, sorry. I, if you are a listener of the Khandan podcast, which probably most of you are, I was in London and got to meet up with them in person and record an episode, a video episode about Kissy Kabai. <laughs> and that's got to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was unspeakably terrible. However, the lovely Khandan people got me a t-shirt. Yay! <laughs> My blurry background is making it hard, but thank you, Kondan friends, for having me on your show and also for the support that you have given to Filmy Ladies and the technical advice you've shared with us, which um, I know people will be laughing when they hear we've had any technical advice, given how this sounds sometimes, but, you know, we have and just the, the logistical advice they've given us and the general fund support. And we are working on an episode that will feature Awesome Bernie, who is the remaining co-host of Kondan, who has not been on our show yet, but a special Awesome Bernie episode is in the works. We just need to pick our date. We have our topic. We have some research to do, but that will be coming in the next month or two. We are very excited about that. So um, if you're not a listener of Kandan, you should do it. Um, I would love to say, listen to the episode I was just on, but seriously, that movie is so bad, you guys. It's so, so bad. Um, but it, it was still super fun to record. And in fact, the only way to get to that film was sitting with those lovely people. And also, those of you who are Twitter, Twitter um, people, Papu Charu was there. She's amazing. She's been on their show as well. And she was there in the audience with us. And uh, oh boy, she made it so much better. Um, so <laughs> thank you for listening to Filmy Ladies slash watching. Um, if you are not already subscribed, please do follow us here on YouTube at Filmy Ladies. We are on Instagram and Twitter at those same addresses. And until next week. Have a lovely day. Bye.